It's a phrase from popular movies. It's also a question that comes up in our daily life. The question is, is that even legal? We talk about the things that drive you crazy, the things you won't believe, and the things you need to know and understand. I'm attorney Bob Sewell, and this is the podcast, Is That Even Legal? Let's get started. On the show today, we have Abe Hamaday. Abe Hamaday is a candidate for attorney general. He's a Republican candidate. He's also a former prosecutor. Welcome to the show, Abe. Thank you for having me on, Bob. I, you know, as you know, and you've heard us say before, this is not a political show. We're a legal show. And we don't side with one party or another. We just talk about the law and what it could be or what it should be. And you're going to have an opportunity to shape Arizona law, which is a big responsibility. Lawyers, we care about the law differently um, than other people. We we don't we're not thinking about you as your standard Arizona uh, citizen. We're thinking about how you're going to affect the law, and so as you know, you're going to be running one of the biggest law firms in the state. You're going to have family law issues with deadbeat parents. You're going to have child dependency law, antitrust, constitutional law, criminal law, and so much more. What keeps you up at night? What's going to be your focus when you start? Well, you know, I'm glad you talked about, you know, the range of laws that, you know, I'd be responsible for. You know, not just being a prosecutor, but I'm also a former former Army intelligence officer, and I served 14 months in the Middle East. And and that's the leadership skills I think I bring is going to be helpful tremendously because as an Army officer, you go in usually with the least amount of experience, but you rely on your enlisted soldiers who are just who are the subject matter experts. Because you're absolutely right, I don't know about child dependency laws, right? But you know, having that having the subject matter experts within the legal field at my office is going to be instrumental. So surrounding yourself with a good team. But when you look at the top priorities right now, you know, it's it's clearly the border is number one. And if you look at what was happening just two years ago, we had a secure border. Now we have 240,000 people flock in and across and the rise in fentanyl that's ravaging our cities and our communities all over. But then it's really just this fighting back against the Biden administration. And I think that's the biggest key with the AG's office is that we have the ability to fight back and you know, too often AGs have been, you know, they've been a sleepy role. And now people are waking up to how powerful they actually are. And that's why you're seeing these type of races got have gotten a lot more expensive in the past few years now, because they have a huge amount of responsibility to protect, to protect, protect the rights of citizens. So uh, that's exactly what I intend to do. And I'm going to continue the work of Brnovich. You know, he's been doing a pretty good job right now at the office. Luckily, I'd be inheriting the office from a Republican attorney general. So it makes my job a little bit easier. One of the struggles that attorneys general generally face, but here in Arizona, is a bit of a revolving door with with the uh, your 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 line item deputy attorney general. Um, Do you see that as a problem? It's a huge problem. You're right. When talking about the child dependency cases, uh, the average lifespan of an attorney in that unit is about one and a half years. 
And, you know, we need to increase that because it is a tough job, right? I mean, you're removing children from situations, you know, with, with abuse, yeah. it's tough and it takes a toll on you. But one of the big things is the AG's office does not pay well at all. One of the, one of my top priorities is to increase pay with the assistant attorneys general. And my pay is constitutionally capped at $90,000. I intend at the end of my first term to have every single attorney their starting salary be higher than my salary. And I think that would be a good start. Right now, the county attorney for a long time, they used to have lower salaries than the AG, but the county has actually increased their pay in the past uh, year and a half. So now they're much more competitive. So the counties are, they're taking a lot of the assistant AG's positions um, to their offices and same with the cities. I mean, your cities are dealing with misdemeanor courts, a lot easier. And that's where we have to really have attract good talent here in Arizona. And especially when I mean, you look at the rise in inflation, I mean, inflation in Phoenix area is, is the highest in the country. So we have to be competitive with our salaries for our attorneys. You know, I want to change the subject a little bit. They say that law, we, we often say that law should be applied evenly. Right. No citizen is above the law. Right. However, in practice, attorneys general, state and federal prosecutors, county attorneys, they're faced with the reality of prosecuting when they may not think that it's a good idea. And, and a lot of times we don't agree with every single law the legislature puts out. Sure. Um, I doubt you do agree with everything. I don't agree with everything. And, and, and sometimes it's because we, it just doesn't fit our worldview. Um, you're going to be faced with prosecuting, you know, different cases and different things that may or may not fit your worldview. And some some people over the years on both sides of the aisle have decided what they're going to do in these situations is just not prosecute. Just not, and we call this selective enforcement. What do you think? Think it's a good idea? Bad idea? Oh, it's exceptionally dangerous. And you know, before when we first started this this podcast, you said that this isn't a political show, right? And I think you have to make sure, you know, with, as the role of attorney general, it also shouldn't be politicized, right? You're supposed to uphold the law. And for me, what that entails is the legislature passes the law and it's signed by the governor. And those laws are duly, the, it, it reflects the will of the people. So my job as attorney general is to enforce the laws that the legislature has, has created. I am not a super legislator, right? I mean, obviously there's prosecutorial discretion when you're looking at certain types of cases, whether you know it meets the threshold to actually bring it to trial. But no, I mean, if you have a if you're opposed to marijuana, a marijuana is the law of the land in Arizona now. So you you can't prosecute somebody for having marijuana. So that's where I think you have to understand to take your personal beliefs out of it and to just uphold the law as is written, not as what you wish it to be. All right. Let me push back on you a little bit. What happens when you believe you personally believe that the law is unconstitutional? What are you going to do? Well, if it's unconstitutional, then I have a duty to to fight it. I mean, I think there's a big difference. I think you have to look at unjust laws and unconstitutional laws are different, right? I mean, you have to see, you know, my opponent was talking about the abortion law, for instance, whether there's a right to privacy. And I think that's a stretch. And I, I don't think any legitimate uh, attorney actually argues that. But it's really rare to have an un, an, a law that passes through the legislature and the governor signed by the governor that's 
really unconstitutional on its face. I think I'm tasked to uphold that law and do my best uh, diligence to uphold it. You know, there's going to be good arguments for it. Unless it's really unconstitutional on its face and blatantly unconstitutional, I have a, I, I, I think it's a hard time to say that I won't defend that particular law. So I think it's, it's really done in rare, rare circumstances. But my job as attorney general is to uphold the laws that are passed duly by the legislature and signed by the governor. You, you talked about prosecutorial discretion. I want you I want to push back. There are times when it may not feel uh, it may not be uh, that enforcing the law may cause more harm than good. Right. I mean, especially when you start to think about generally the law is trying to accomplish X. I confront this in my practice. The law is trying to accomplish X. But when you get down to it, it it's incredibly harmful. How do you deal with that conflict? Well, I don't know. I don't know the the circumstance you're you're referring to. I think you know on a case by case basis. Obviously, you look at cases individually. But the philosophical question is whether I will uphold the laws that I personally disagree with, but that are still constitutional. Yes, I will, and that's an important role as society. If we have attorneys general who just selectively enforce the law, they become an activist general. I mean, that that erodes confidence in our legal system to have the laws that are passed by the legislature and signed by the governor, and then to have, say, so an attorney general or a county attorney dismiss it on their own arbitrarily as one individual. That is not the concept of what the constitutional democratic republic that we live in. Can you say as an attorney general, hey, look, I'm, I'm going to enforce the law. I don't like it. If you agree with me, citizen, go tell your your uh, your candidate, you know, your 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 House of Representative, whatever, to go change the law. But until then, I'm going to enforce it. Can you do that? Absolutely. I think you have a role to do that. I mean, I'm not silenced, you know, with my freedom of speech as well as attorney general. I'm tasked to enforce the law. But, you know, I need good laws to enforce. But, you know, whether the legislature passes a law, I disagree with. And I've said this, you know, if we had a Democratic led legislature, I would still be tasked to uphold the laws that they pass. That is my role. And understanding that separation and your limitations as attorney general is a sign of maturity. You know, I'm elected to all to uphold the law. It's a separate position than being a legislator. I can't, you know, formally on my own decide not to uphold the laws that are passed by the legislature. Arizona is known as a very business friendly state, but what we're seeing in Arizona and as well as throughout the country is oligopolies, a consolidation of businesses. So, for example, healthcare. Healthcare in Arizona is becoming more and more consolidated, fewer and fewer players. Uh, and now we're looking at food. Yeah. Uh, grocery stores are consolidating with a potential merger between Kroger's and Albertsons. There'll be three entities that that own 70 percent of the market. Is antitrust dead in Arizona? No. And if you just saw what Attorney General Brnovich, he actually just signed on a he's the only Republican who signed on to a letter just yesterday being led by the D.C. Attorney General to put a pause on the Kroger merger, actually the Kroger Albertsons merger. And I think that's important because I always say this, big tech, big business, they can be as tyrannical as big government. So my job as attorney general is to protect consumers, but also have a business-friendly atmosphere. But you know, this is where we have to put a pause and see what the if there's any antitrust violations and anti-competitive nature. So you know, that's where I have applaud Bernovich's uh, 
uh, position on this issue as well. So I intend to continue that. But you're absolutely right. It is worrisome when you have these conglomerates coming. And you know, states for a long time, especially Republicans, you know, for a long time, Republicans didn't realize, you know, it was so there's so much in the pockets of big business. I think that's kind of changed a little bit, um, where we finally recognize that listen, big business can be burdensome and harmful, just like big government. And so that's in, uh, exactly what I intend to do is. You know, I agree. Look at the T-Mobile Sprint merger, right? There is right. there is a there is a pause on that as well, and we got some concessions from it too. So, you know, I, I agree with Bernovich's position as well as these other Democratic AGs who say that we need to put a pause on this Kroger merger until we until we review some of these facts. Thank you for your time, Abe. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Is That Even Legal? Remember, this isn't legal advice. If you have a legal question for yourself, reach out to an attorney. Remember that we're fun, we're lovable, and we are here to help you. To my listeners in 62 countries across the world, if you have something you want to explore, email us at producer at evenlegal.com. And don't be shy about leaving a review for this podcast on your favorite podcast forum. See you next time.